0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this!
1: What? Well, it's a police box. What on earth is
2: it doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Look, feel it.
3: I feel
0: it, Julian. It. Hey, vibration. It's alive.
2: Earth Station, who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly fifty years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're
4: probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the Doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this.
1: These are primal forces of evil that we're dealing with. Some forces I don't even understand yet. I think I'm at risk. Events like the flux create ripples through time. It will have been foreseen somewhere by some smart people. You need to figure out that date and help the Earth.
2: Pattern optimization in progress. We've been in this decade for three years now.
1: Do you think we'll ever get back? Oh. Are the that is in power fleet. Earth's shield is now breachable. How do you expect to protect this pitiful race? I do not know. You seem remarkably proficient at this card. There's no use being squeamish.
3: We've got the future
1: to save feel the time force growing. It's working just as we planned. Welcome back, listeners to the Earth Station Who podcast. We are in the final days of Doctor Who Flux. Can you believe it? The last five weeks have just flown by just like that. And we are at f- part five of Flux. We are talking about survivors of the Flux. And some people are going, what the flux now? So it's going to be real interesting to see what we thought of this one. Did it live up to the Angels episode we watched last week? Or are we getting another episode like the week before that? So I'll be very curious to see what everyone is thinking about it. And of course, I want to welcome our guests for this week. Let's welcome first, Mark Heffernan's returning to the show. Welcome, Mark. Well, actually, I've never been on
2: Earth Station Who I've been on Earth Station 1 plenty of times, but I've never what? actually. Appeared.
1: What? I, nope. What? <laughs> this wow. is the first time. I am shocked. Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're leaving me speechless here, dude. I am almost embarrassed because I've always assumed you've been on the show multiple times, but you've been nope. on Earth Station One so many times that.
2: Yeah, that's it. I've been on Earth Station One, so it's kind of interesting seeing a different part of the station for a change.
1: Well, all we—it's pretty much the same side. All we do is put in a blue light bulb, so it's you know pretty much the same. well. <laughs> and Mike leaves on the parking brake just to make it even more you know comfy. So, so it's pretty cool. Well, welcome then. If, if this is your first time, Mark, you want to introduce yourself to our Earth Station Who listeners.
2: Well, um, I don't do a podcast, but I I live in Atlanta and I'm a volunteer at the Brit Track, where at, at DragonCon where we do all the uh, Doctor Who programming, uh, and uh, that's pretty much about it. Uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I've been watching uh, for, since the '80s. Um, both classic and modern. Um, the latest show that I watched, other than uh, the Flux, was I just got my copy of Galaxy Four.
1: Oh, and nice! Yes. So you have a uh, open? You know, you don't have it climbed off I, for the uh, for the the Americas, as they like to say.
2: I have a region pre player that's set up to play specifically British DVDs and nice. Blu rays.
1: Very nice Uh,
2: because I I have a lot of British shows that I like, and a lot of them don't come over here.
1: No, totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, you've been a friend of the show for uh, you know, for Earth Station One almost since the beginning, I think, and you know, pretty much close to 10 years we've known you.
2: Yep, and I like I said, I've done a lot of uh. I'm probably best known on Earth Station One for doing all the animation episodes, or at least a lot of them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think you've done ninety percent of them
2: with us. Yeah, right so that's uh, that's one of the best things I'm known for over there. So uh this will be a little bit different. It should be a, it should be fun though. So.
1: It definitely should be fun. And now we're going to have to have you on to talk about some of your favorite episodes of Doctor Who in the future. (laughs) So that is awesome. Well, welcome aboard. And also returning to the show once again, and I know he's been on this show quite
4: a bit. Let's welcome back Anthony Williams. Mike, it's a pleasure to be back. And thank you all for having me again. And like Mark, I have also been enjoying the animated Galaxy 4.
1: Oh, rub it in. I don't get mine for another two weeks, dude. Come on. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to when we can get it and everything. So I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. We actually have it slated to review, I think in the spring right now, because I think after we're done with flux, I think the first um, storyline we're going to do is the second Dr. Evil of the Daleks that was just released last month. So I think we're doing really good. And, you know, this is great time to be a Dr. Who fan and everything. So, so hopefully everyone's been enjoying it. What we usually do at this point is ask our guests um, just overview. What have you guys both have thought about Flux so far?
4: Mark, do you want to go first? Okay.
2: I, um, I, I guess the best way I'll put it is I'll paraphrase Charles Dickens. It's it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. <laughs> I think and, that's good. And uh, I'll, what what I mean by that is, I think it's the best season Jody's done. It's also the best season that Chris Chibnall's done. However, my my I I and, I, and one of the things I really like is Jody, uh, her frustration with not knowing what's going on. It's it's being played really well. You know, she doesn't know what the flux is going on.
1: Oh, this is going to be a running joke tonight. I can tell.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that there's people out there like Swarm and the person we're going to talk more about in this episode tonight seem to know more about what's going on than she does as the doctor. And I think she's playing that really well. However, it kind of... It's also kind of frustrating as a viewer not knowing so much what's going on. I, I kind of tend to be a person who uh, doesn't like things to be uh, – and this is this is something – this is a phrase that I made up uh, – where characters vague-splain things. In other words, they they say a lot of things, but they really don't say much of anything – And it it gets me irritated a little bit. I'm like going, I'm very much a person, if you're going to say something, make sure that it means something. And I think that's one of the reasons I like this upcoming episode a bit more than some of the other ones, because we're finally getting some answers. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. The other thing that I've had a lot of trouble with is keeping all the players straight. I think there's so many plot lines in the, in the, in this story that sometimes I forget. There's even a couple characters. I'll mention it later on where I'm like, I get them mixed up because there's just so many characters that you're trying to follow. So like I said, it's the best of the Chibnall era and the Jody era, but it's not perfect.
3: It was the best of Chibnall. It was the worst.
2: Of <laughs> exactly. We're
3: going to have a lot of Dickens jokes tonight, obviously.
1: No, we'll have to scare the Dickens out of us after that. that so good. All right, Anthony, what about you?
4: You know, I think I'm in a fairly similar place to Mark. If you think back to when we did the episode uh, where we talked about RTD coming back, my chief complaint on the Chibnall era was I found season 11 pretty dull. And for me, the worst um, crime Doctor Who can ever commit is to be dull. I would rather have bad yet engaging Doctor Who than average but boring Doctor Who. And I think Flux so far has been anything but boring. It's been fast paced. It's been engaging. I'm going to avoid the the same joke that is clearly going to be a running theme. But there are moments where you are wondering what the heck is going on. because of these different plot lines. And it it keeps you thinking. It keeps everything turning over. The action is pretty relentless. It feels almost like Mr. Chibnall has gone, fine, I will give you what you want, but you might not like it with some of the various plot lines he's throwing in. But it's not boring. So it's been enjoyable. It's been engaging. Um, It has been a little all over the place. It does feel a bit kitchen sinky at times. I think, uh, you know, the episode uh, where we had both Daleks and Cybermen making a cameo, their cameos were not particularly necessary. It didn't need to be either of those. They weren't integral to the plot. So that just felt like a bit of pure fan service. But overall, it's an improvement. I kind of wish that the Chibnall era had had this kind of pace and excitement since the beginning. I think it would have been a lot better received.
1: Understandable. Definitely understandable. All right. Let's also now let's welcome our regulars back to the show. Let's, of course, the lovely and talented Miss Mary Ogle.
0: Hi, everyone. It is fantastic to be here.
1: And, of course, Mr. Howdy himself. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. I like your World Series champion hat, sir.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I got this before they won.
1: (laughs) Oh, counterfeit. Got it. (laughs) No, no, I didn't. I didn't really. I'm um, teasing
3: you.
4: I'm teasing you.
1: Mm-hmm, sure you I was going
4: to ask if it was old school from 95. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: well, he's old enough, so it could be. So congratulations, though, to the Atlanta Braves for winning the World Series last month.
3: That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm probably the only one who listens to this show that cares. So but that's all right.
2: Well, I'll say this much. I'm glad that they beat the Dodgers, uh, you know, because... I'm a Giants fan. And the Giants beat and the Dodgers beat the Giants, so I'm glad the Braves went on and beat the Dodgers because I'm not a fan.
0: Not a fan of the Dodgers. <laughs> so am I? <laughs> I'm no. glad they beat the Astros. Yes, <laughs> because That's, the Astros are a trash
1: team. <laughs> they are. They are to- They're cheaters. Cheaters, I tell you. So, but wow. Half the people talk to about up. baseball on all our shows to combine <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Earth Station Baseball. That's it for tonight.
2: <laughs> and Anthony's saying nothing at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I still
4: don't care about <laughs> I
0: mean, the sad thing is it ended a month ago and we're still talking about it on a Doctor Who podcast.
4: <laughs> this
1: is Atlanta we're talking about. They need something to root for. It can't be the mm-hmm. Falcons have I any chance.
4: So, we don't win many things around here. No. Nope, nope, nope. But,
1: you know... We could talk about the flux, and we definitely would love to hear from everybody at home. Please write us feedback at com. Definitely would love to hear your thoughts on Chapter 5. And with that being said, let's jump in with both feet. As we jump in, we are going to talk about another episode written by Chris Chibnall. you <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Azure Salim and produced by... Peter Levy and executive producers of Chris Jibnall and Matt Strevenson and Nikki Wilson. So pretty cool. Um, this is basically putting all the chess pieces together this week, folks. And it, that's exactly what it felt like to me. It felt like they're just setting up for so much that has to be wrapped up in one episode. And I'm really curious to see how this is going to land and are they going to do fall flat on their face or are they going to basically do the superhero landing so I'll be very curious to see where it goes
3: uh, We got well, some... that, keep in mind too I mean we talked about this a little bit before too that there may be some threads that are not resolved until the three specials next year oh I fully expect uh, I, some I, I and I see some of that I think I see some of that going on
1: uh, as well yeah. Um, I think we're, you know, one of the storylines tonight I felt that we're going to talk about felt very forced down our throat that didn't even need to be there. But I liked two of the
3: storylines
1: that we had. I talking like, about,
3: you're talking about Grand Serpent, are you?
1: Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we <laughs> might as well just jump right into it then. I did not think the whole thing with the Grand Serpent needed to be in there. It kind of forced UNIT down our throats, which I'm not complaining about. I love UNIT. UNIT was one of my favorite parts of the old series. And I love how they've brought it back in the new series. And I even like, you know, that we got Kate Stewart back. I loved seeing that. But the whole thing with the Grand Serpent being tied into that was so unnecessary for the story. There's so much other things going on with the flux and the doctor and the companions and everything. I wouldn't have cared less if we would have seen the grand serpent again, at least, or maybe even hold him off to the specials. Yeah, that would just, have been pretty awesome. A
3: separate episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, I think it still remains to be seen what come, how this comes together. Obviously, you know, he's got. It's not a coincidence that the Grand Serpent is here. Um, it's not just some random guy. It's the, the, someone who has a history with Vinder um, and the home planet there. So there's there's elements there, but um, so we don't know what those are. So we don't know how those are going to play out. But yes, Mike, like you, I kind of felt like as much as enjoyable as those scenes were because the actors involved, I all I really enjoy. Except, I don't know if it was just me. But the scenes, especially that first scene with uh, the Grand Serpent and Kate Stewart, it felt like they were in two different rooms and she was just reading a prompt. They Um, probably were in two different rooms because of COVID. Actually, they
0: probably were. (laughs) There's a good chance Um, of that. And
3: I didn't, I felt it was, I just felt like it was like just awful. Like I thought, I'm like, surely she's just not reading a prompt, but she's just, I mean, I guess she's supposed to be staring him down. But instead, it looks like she's just looking at a teleprompter and reading her lines. Um, and uh, I think st- obviously the actress, the character we've seen before, and and we know that she deserves better than that. Um, but yeah, like you, Mike, I was kind of like, I'm not invested in this. This is a bad time for this, Chris. Like, I don't know where you're going with this, but I would really rather see what else is going on.
0: Well, the question is, like they just call, called in at the last minute, is how it felt to me. It's like, oh, yeah. I got to stick somebody in there.
3: Yeah. I'll call her. At, in. First I, at first, I was like, are they, is he, is he daring to introduce a new character? And then I was like, oh, okay, I've well, seen him before. It took me a minute, though, because I didn't, there was no connection really. Yeah. So I, I was just like, it might as well just have been a new character. And I'm like, this is pretty late in the game to be introducing something new to all this, Chris. And, and yet when I found out, I'm like, okay, yes, we have seen him before. But it still felt like it. Just felt like cold water being put on a on a fire.
0: Well, and there's so many other characters too. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, come on, it's starting to get get ridiculous. And I, it's not that I couldn't follow it, but it's like it's distracting. <laughs> it takes away from the the core of the story that that is, free, um, frankly, more interesting. <laughs> That's yeah, nice
4: part. On, on top of all of that, in delving into unit's history. I feel like Chibnall possibly deliberately (laughs) poked a little bit of a bear with the old unit dating controversy Um, in having units started to be formed in, what was it, 1958, and then up and running in 1967. Web of Fear was meant to take place in 75. He decided to insert Lethbridge Stewart in a little throwaway reference in this, referring to him as a corporal, which is not how the military works, to go from Corporal to actually being commissioned officer would be incredibly rare, and to do that over eight years, uh, from corporal through senior NCO ranks into commissioned ranks and all the way up to colonel in eight years, basically unheard of. We're talking Star Trek level promotions there, doesn't really happen. So I feel like Chibnall, deliberately or not, has stoked a little bit of controversy amongst the fan base and. The uh the chap who edits what? the hey, Lethbridge Stewart. Talk. He would never do something like that. <laughs> and and the chap who um edits the Lethbridge Stewart range of novels is a friend of mine, and I can tell you he is not happy with the fact that they have once again messed with the character's history, and apparently a, a stern letter has been sent to the BBC already. Oh. Ooh. So.
1: <laughs>
4: what were you about to say, Mark? I was
2: gonna say my my whole problem with the um, with the Grand Serpent is why would the Sontarans really need help to invade Earth? You know, and it, it, to me, it seems like I to me, it just seems like like you said, it's an extra. I'm like going if the Santarns are going to invade Earth, I think they could do it on. I think they could do it well enough on their own with without any help from the Grand Serpent. That's oh. just my personal opinion, because I, I, I think you're right. It's a late edition, you know, and while I enjoyed seeing Kate Stewart again, I would have rather seen, you know, instead of shutting Unit down, I would have liked to have seen the Sontarans actually fight Unit.
1: Oh, that would see, have been awesome, yeah.
2: That, that would have been Absolutely. great. You know, now, of course, Unit's sh- shut down, so it's kind of like, uh, It's not quite as interesting to me. I would have liked to have seen a
4: battle with unit versus the Sontarans. I think that would have been interesting. And on top of the question around why introduce the Grand Serpent, we don't know anything about him. What's his motive? Why is he on earth? Why is he even doing what he's doing? Why is he he working for, you know, exactly. Yeah. The last time we saw him, he was on a far off planet doing some kind of political maneuvering. How did he end up? Right. In this storyline,
1: mm, in the, back in the 1950s to, to boot, and that even exactly. made it, it made it com- confusing. I heard a lot of people com- being confused because of all the different time jumping. Anyway, yeah, for the companion, had to tag somewhere. everything,
3: yeah. and, you know, to keep it straight. But still, um yeah, you know, I, I I think I hinted at last week that we're starting to see Chimnol's like nice like. Sort of storyline crack, right? And in this episode, more than any of the others, I felt like a lot of things happened because they had to happen, not because they made sense story wise, but just because they had to happen. It's like, why did one ship just decide to leave, and and so we could get that other? We get uh, Bell ship, right? Yeah, For no reason, just just random. Like just, just uh, one ship just left, because so Doctor had, Who. We had, you we, know? Had to, we had to get yeah, and why is she in that ship? no reason like there's just a lot like it's just just there's just a lot of stuff going on that is happening it's like you said mike that he's putting the chess pieces on but he's not playing by chess rules like he's just putting things in place because uh like he's playing in a sandbox at random and i i fear like you know he's 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 got something to say and he's got something he wants to do. Obviously, with the Timeless Child, which is a you know, I know we're going to talk about that. Um, oh, we're going to be, be here his, for
1: a while tonight, folks. We that's got
3: that's his about. that's his big moment of what he's of what he's affecting with Doctor Who, and everything else just seems like it's fluff at this point. Well, I
0: think it is. I mean, this is one of his problems or flux, with, rather. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's
0: one of his <laughs> pro- problems with storytelling. I mean. And a lot of things he does is it, it's broad rather than deep. And, and he's not, you know, he often has trouble with characterization because he's kind of all over the place and doesn't um, delve into their motivations enough. Now, not all the time. I have seen him do it. He's capable of doing it, but, yeah. but he's not doing it this time, or at least not in this episode. And it's just, it feels very superficial
1: I had a friend yep. write me halfway through the episode because he was watching it at the same time I was, and he said, "Oh, geez, the Grand Serpent is doing the same thing they did what twenty five years ago on Star Trek: The Next Generation with the things coming out of the, the bugs coming out of the mouth." Oh, right,
3: conspiracy, right uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and not to say that like it was all bad. Because there was some really nice moments in here, but to your point, oh, Mike, yeah. I was. mean, we have we have the doctor meeting like her. Well, we'll get into that, right? So right. we have the, the storyline going on with the doctor, which is like, yeah, we need to hear this, and then we have for the for the first time since like maybe the first episode, Yaz actually doing stuff. And like this is enjoyable. Let's watch oh, we can't because now we're gonna cut back to another scene where right. he's meeting another unit official and killing off that it's like, how many of these scenes do we have to go through? Like we get it, we get it.
0: Well, well he's the- he's undercutting the character's motivations. He's undercutting he's undercutting oh, yeah. their their uh yeah, it's like why when you're finally giving Yaz yes something to do, why not let her do it? <laughs> Exactly. Oh, exactly.
1: exactly, Yaz was wonderful in this. I will, I will jump out and say it and defend her on this one. She was the true leader of that group, and you know I loved seeing, of course, Professor Jericho again, and mm-hmm. I loved seeing Yaz be a true leader like she yeah. was the first episode of the
3: season. Bet and a name. what's up? That team's names a name. Like we'll call them Scooby <laughs> Gang right now. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> you know it's gonna, it's gonna, um, you know, it, they're gonna have their own uh, Big Finish series, right? <laughs> well, they've what got they three are? years to fill in, or four
4: years, or something. exactly. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. like
0: the- it's perfect for Big Finish. <laughs> and-
4: <laughs> so on that point, three years, and they basically travel across half the world in 1904. Someone did the math based on modes of transport at that time not really doable based on where they went. But again, I feel like Chibnall and and dates are probably not his strong oh, point. It yeah. felt like something they were trying care. to copy
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark showing the map with the, the route and yeah. everything. And it was just like Indiana Jones did it much, much
4: better. Well, I mean, Doctor Who first did it in 1964 in Marco Polo. So oh, of course they there's did. There's precedent it, for yeah, it of, in the show. of course there but- is. But and then you know them
1: finding all these different pieces that you know will tell them about an invasion that's coming, and then they go to this Marderishi in India, and it was pointless. That was yeah, such.
0: He does, does his little comedy act, and it just felt very. I'm teasing out of place.
3: you. I'm teasing you.
1: Yeah, It was just like, I almost, when he started doing that, I'm teasing you, I'm teasing you, him ripping off the beard, and it was the master. Oh. It, <laughs> that would have, I was fully expecting that. I was like, oh, this is going to get good. It's the master. It's going to be awesome. And it wasn't.
2: Did anybody yeah. get, did anybody get a feeling like he was patterned off of Trevor Slatterly <laughs> from the Marvel movies? A little
1: bit, yes.
4: Yes. <laughs> He very much reminded me of the type of character you would see on a British sketch show in the late 90s called Goodness Gracious Me. Very similar types of characters uh, in that show. And that was four Indian comedians making fun of the Brits, the Indians, British stereotypes of Indians, Indian stereotypes, of Brits, basically all that kind of cross-cultural humor felt very similar to what they used to do.
2: You know, the thing that got me about that was comparing Yaz to the doctor's story. I really liked the fact that they were actually going out and trying to solve the mystery, unlike the doctor, where she basically gets told everything. You know, yeah. I really like the fact that they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to understand the clues. They're trying to basically they're trying to solve the mystery, you know. So Scooby gang is kind of relevant there, but, uh, yeah, I like that. Places. Sorry, Mark, uh, but, but that's, but that's the thing is, you know, with the doctor and Tectium, Tectium just says, basically tells her the whole story, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's a, that's a little bit disappointing in, in my opinion. So I, I really enjoyed the Yaz parts, but you're right. You know, because of all the constant plot lines, they kept cutting away from the most interesting part of the story. Because we got to go, we got to go to Vendor, we got to go to Belle, or we got to go to Kate and the Grand Serpent. It's just like keeps jumping all over the place. Well,
1: and the Vendor, Ma- I thought was just wiped out way too quick. It was like, pff, he's gone. But they had to bring him and Diane together. You know, it's just like, why?
4: Mike, Ma- <laughs> and- he. he- you raised a really good point about the Doctor being told things as opposed to solving it herself, because that's exactly what happened at the end of last season with the Timeless Children. She was sat down in a chair, and basically the Master explained it all. And here we have that same pattern repeating with Tectaeun. And it feels like she has no agency in this storyline, partially because mm-hmm. of that. And ugh.
0: Yeah, it's like show, don't tell It's a basic <laughs> tenet of storytelling too, too much exposition
3: Well, well, let's let. Okay, I'm going to give Chris a little bit of a break here Because it's not like a villain monologuing To the hero Has never been done before, right? Like, it's just a standard That doesn't like, mean it's a
0: good thing to do <laughs> no,
3: Well, but I mean, it's it's pretty standard Like, I'm not going to be so much offended by that Because it's just like, okay Well, he's just using that trope, right? But I do believe, like, uh, you know, to Mark's point, I do believe that uh, Jody is n- killing it. So that sh- it doesn't feel like to me that she doesn't have any agency because she her struggle seems real. And uh, you
0: well, her know, internal struggle seems real.
3: But the, the, the problem is, is that the storyline with the exposition that, you know, is, 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 is the things that she's being told and and also on the other hand, uh, on the other side, the mystery that Yaz the Yaz gang is trying to uh, hey, solve. I like the name, like <laughs> the name, like, like makes no sense. Like it just like <laughs> if you try to like piece it, you know. I watched it the second time, and I was like, okay, they're doing this, and then they're gonna, and I'm like, this, you know, and and you know, okay, so they're, the the all this results to like them having a paint, like. Like you know, the like this message to someone in space to see it decades later. Like I, I, like what? Like it's like it's stuff. It's like we were saying. Like all this stuff is happening because Chibna wants it to happen, not because it makes any sense.
4: I did love Calvinista's reaction of. I can't travel in time. I can't travel in time. I know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Not a time travel. Yeah, we
3: don't have time travel. Stupid human. Like you know. Um, So yeah, that's going to be and and then you got this guy like popping around with tunnels and that seems really. I mean, talk about random. Uh, You know, talk about. Oh, we need a clue. You know, just have a guy pop up out of nowhere and be like, "Hey, here's your clue," and then pop back out. It's just like, come on, Chris. Like this is. This is sloppy. But the thing, um, is, but
1: the thing is, the tunnel thing started resolving itself, or you know, at least started find they figured it out what it, how he was showing up everywhere because the tunnels he built somehow was at a nexus point that re- branched out all into all these different times.
3: I'm glad you understand that because I didn't understand what the heck that meant.
1: I don't either. I don't. I'm assuming, <laughs> you know. I'm assuming that's what is going on. And it's, he was he was so relieved when he said, "We've seen you in all these different times. You get it. You understand." And brought those four together. And so that also explains probably how they get to the 21st century. You know who knows who knows i um, love
4: how cranky he is he's like me when someone schedules a seven thirty <laughs> meeting on a monday
3: morning <laughs> i could see that i totally but, could yeah. see that. But, but to that end uh when you know yes says this is what we're doing and he finally like breaks down that's I give the actors credit there. That's a real moment that I'm like that. That felt real, like because we had seen his frustration throughout all this, like all these five episodes, and and so he find someone finally gets it, you know. Um, so I, I appreciated that as well. But but also, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Just like Swarm saying, like, "You are space, we are time." Well, that was a uh, stupid we will, line. We, we will <laughs> use you to fuel our whatever. Blah blah blah. I'm like this makes no sense to me whatsoever. I'm just like, okay, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um...
4: It's like, it's almost like he's got this idea in his head of what will sound cool as to whether or not it will make sense. I remember about 15 years ago, I was working on a script for a fan audio, and in retrospect, I'm glad no one made it because it was terrible. And I was obsessed with finding a way to get the word apotheosis into it just because I thought it sounded cool, not because it made sense. <laughs> and that feels like what Chidnell's doing with some of these things here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's gibberish.
1: It is, some of it is, and it's just like he's just throwing it against the wall and seeing what what sticks, and that's what sucks about it.
0: I mean it's actually an interesting idea that the guy, you know, kind of he stumbles up, uh, upon these portals that, that lead to other timelines. Um, you know, you, you, you could make something out of that and then and then they start turning into portals that lead to other other universes, I think is what the implication was. They were changing mm-hmm. somehow. But he doesn't set it up well. He doesn't give it enough backstory. He doesn't explain it. He just sort of hand waves it away. And so you're just, you're just, you're left like (laughs) Carvinista. You're like, what the? What the? I
4: don't. And I think the one thing I will say in Chibnall's defense is he does have another episode to wrap up a lot of this. Can he do it in 65 minutes? Probably not. He's not very good at sticking the landing. No. But. Some of this stuff, I feel like maybe we should reserve judgment for another week. Yeah,
3: no, no. No, no, Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: very much so. And I am, you know, that's why I'm not totally bashing this because there were good points in this storyline. And I've even come up with a theory with how everything could be wrapped up nice and clean and big red
4: reset button here, 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 comes,
3: here, comes the, here comes the Omega theory again
1: nope Omega doesn't have anything to do with this one but thank you for asking But it's the Ronnie, <laughs> it's, always the Ronnie. it's always the Ronnie
4: it's the
0: Valier.
1: um you know you've got introduced po- into a possible Doctor Who multiverse in this story in this episode too and there's possibilities with that too. So the TARDIS that was in unit headquarters, was that doctor number three's TARDIS? No. It
3: was Jody's. It was Jody's. Jody's. Okay. Because yeah. a lot it of pe- places are from the village.
1: I know. I heard that too, but a lot of places online are reporting, oh, that's Pertwee's, you know,
4: there TARDIS. No. So based on when that took place, it wouldn't, it would have been before spearhead in the unit. Chronology. Oh, very much so. It's at least so, 20, almost 15, 20 years before. I, I I think that's just symptomatic of people being kind of
1: confused. I think so too cuz they it was confusing and cuz I heard him say oh we picked a, the, that box up in a village you know and you know 2 years ago cuz this was 69 and the thing it happened in 67 so and it was just it was interesting to see and it was just almost like a throwaway line and it was just like ah well at least we know where the tardis is type thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. we still don't know about you know, the others that were left behind Clara or Claire, sorry. Um, maybe Clara show. Who knows? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she'll, who, she'll
1: this, knows who knows, Michael? Who knows?
3: <laughs> and this seems impossible to wrap up. So yeah, we need, <laughs> we could use her help. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I get it. Cause it's like, this is the, this is the penultimate episode though. This one should be, as Mark pointed out, we're starting to get some answers, but it doesn't, I mean, it feels like, I mean, it feels like the spread of spaghetti on the wall is getting even wider.
1: Oh, yeah. And then swarm and Azure showing up, you know, at the, you know, at the the pl- at the place and the headquarters. And it was just like, why are they, how do they know where this place is? You know, type thing. Mm-hmm. Cause where they were in prison, wasn't the headquarters. It was,
4: it you know, type thing. There, there was a line in there that basically they homed in on the doctor. Yeah. Gotcha. So they'd got something. Yeah. I don't know whether it was her DNA or a piece of her tech or something, but they were able to hone it on her. Yeah.
3: That's what, that's what they, yeah, they were using her as, uh, Fate or whatever to get to. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The
2: one, the one thing I did like about that story is the fact that Swarm and Tecteum were not working together. Because I know earlier in the series there were one, there were people who were wondering, is Tecteum and Swarm were working together? And I'm glad that they weren't. I'm glad. Chibnall did not go that way. Because no, that was, I no.
1: agree completely. In fact, in fact it seems like
3: it's it's been the opposite all the way through, and it also seems like it seems like the doctor might have to be working with Swarm. They're well, on, they seem to be kind of on the same side,
1: kind of and, because uh, Tectrum actually you know admitted that she let Swarm out to cause chaos and or anything. It wasn't that you know oh, they're working in tandem together. She did it, you know, a couple episodes back, I had mentioned it felt like somebody was controlling the whole situation.
0: Well, that was to distract the Doctor. While exactly,
1: she exactly. the
0: universe.
1: Exactly, and as, you know, the, the universe is being destroyed and everything by the Flux. <laughs> so,
4: yeah. Honestly, up until this episode, I kind of assumed that, that Swarm and Azure were behind the Flux. And now we know they're not. I'm kind of wondering what what are they trying to achieve? Are they just agents of chaos trying to create as much havoc as possible because it's fun? Or do they actually have an end game in mind here that I ha- somehow missed? Was that well, they have explained? a vengeance story. Are they, I mean, their
3: sto- their sto- <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is. I mean, that's their story right now. It's set up that their story is a vengeance story. They were locked up by Division and they want to take Division down. Because they locked him up, so I don't know what they were trying to do. That they, uh, and I don't think it makes any sense. I think they've told us this whole thing about space versus time thing, but it makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's it's either way above my pay grade or it's just nonsense. Oh, no, it's not. It's just no. nonsense.
0: It, it's kind so. of.
1: I think <laughs> yeah. I think they're very similar to the Joker and Batman. They are agents of chaos because even. When the doctor was caught in the time stream and they – you know, she visited when they got captured the first time by the renegade doctor, it basically was – you know, they didn't have any planned either then except for killing all those people that were in the passenger's.
3: Now they've had they've had this had all this this whole thing planned since the beginning. I don't I don't see Agent of Chaos. I see these people have planned this out since like when when we first see him and he escapes. Every that's the start of this. This is this whole plan. Everything well, now, he's got, he's
1: well now it is to bring down. You know, bring no, it down. Back
0: then, well, I also been planning for. I think they want also access to the other universes.
1: Because they want to cause death and destruction and agents of chaos and, you know. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. know. No, they even said it because they said we're going to bring death and destruction to all these other galaxies and universes. They said it in this episode.
2: Well, it's also a survival instinct as well, because, I mean, let's be honest, if they're still in this universe, when it gets destroyed, they're gone, too. So, I mean, obviously, they want to they want to jump to the next universe, even if they want to create chaos. They certainly want to survive to be able to create that chaos, you know, so they probably they probably I'm assuming, you know, of course, we'll find out next week. That they probably knew about Division's plan to destroy this universe to move on to the next. So they're trying. They're trying to basically take over the division and do it themselves. You know, so that
1: they can survive.
0: Yeah. That's, well, they, they don't care if this universe gets destroyed as long as they have
3: somewhere else to go. And exactly. Do this,
1: and do the same thing over again.
3: This is the issue. That the, This is what I'm talking about with with the cracks of Chibnall's writing is that we all don't know, we're guessing, because he hasn't given us any information and he hasn't made these, to Mary's point, he hasn't made these characters ones that we can identify with and feel.
4: Yeah. And I honestly, I'm left thinking, I really hope it is a big re- reset button at the end of this because, <laughs> I mean, RTD's going to have his work cut out, putting all of Chibnall's toys back in the box and getting things back on the right track if chibnall doesn't go down that path
3: well she did say that there was a you know there is a quote-unquote reset button she can what can be what's compressed can be decompressed right so so she yeah, kind of it save, open. yeah she can save the universe now if you're talking about the doctor's history and i'm and, talking about everything <laughs> and all of that then I, it's gonna be hard to put that back in the bottle because I mean what you know we haven't even talked about that, but that's probably the biggest change that we've seen to the doctor's makeup in in the franchise like for a long time is that we've met her mother quote adoptive mother, right like this is a big deal, like and I don't think anybody ever asked for this no i <laughs> that's
1: one of the things about Doctor who I've always loved is you don't know his back history. Other than mm-hmm. him and Susan took a TARDIS to escape Gallifrey. And, you know, I think that's where it should start. That's where it should end. You know, that should be the doctor's history. I We were pissed when, if you remember back when Moffat had Clara go back and hide under the doctor's bed when he was a little boy. You yeah. know, type thing. And we were like screaming bloody murder back then. It's <laughs> like, they won't no, no, you know. And now, you know, this with the timeless child, I'm just going to come out and say what I'm thinking is the leaving of the fob watch there is just too convenient. It's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's been sitting there for thousands and thousands of years. Let's keep the doctor's fob watch right there on the shelf. I'm thinking, and this is my theory for next week. And, you know, please, if anyone thinks I'm crazy, everyone does anyway. But if anyone thinks I'm (laughs) crazy. Um, when because there's a scene in the trailer that Azure's holding the fob watch and opens it, and everything comes pouring out. When it it hits the doctor, and all of a sudden she wakes up coming out of the Matrix from the end of last season. That it, mm. it, it's, it's all a dream. It, <laughs> it, the whole the it's whole it's like the whole Coming season out of the
0: shower. <laughs> Ex- well, exactly. Yeah.
1: And it literally is, you know, the, that's not the, very it, satisfying. It, no, but it was—it was the master behind the whole thing. It's been applied.
4: Oh, I hope they don't go there. And if Chippen <laughs> does go there, I think that is the sign that he's effectively been fired and told to get things in shape.
1: <laughs> he oh, I
4: guarantee it.
1: I guarantee it. You know, but that would—that's my theory. And you know, that's
3: the thing. I don't see, and that's a valid one, Mike. Because right now. I don't see an end game that is really one that I'm excited about it.
1: No, not at all. And truthfully, you know, the character of Dan was a total waste this episode. I barely remembered he was in this episode. And, you know, it was all Yaz and then Professor Jericho. Uh, But, you know, everyone else, you know, what else is going to happen? You know, we... I'm thinking, you know, something has to wrap because in the trailer you get to see you see Daleks, you get to see Cybermen, you get to see all these different baddies. How is the Doctor going to suck them all off of Earth and you know, you know, put them back all into place again? There has to be something that Chibnall is planning, and I don't know what or where, but it's and you know they pretty much confirmed in this episode. That, you know, she's the timeless child. There's no if, what's, or buts about it. Uh, yeah. You know? and Yeah,
4: I mean, he doubled down which, on that. Which,
3: yeah. like, so I really started to think about that during this one, too. And I'm like, okay, she's a timeless child. They're establishing that she's from somewhere else. She's not Gallifreyan. No. Um, but yet she has the exact physiology as a Gallifreyan. And she can regenerate like a Gallifreyan. And I'm like... Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it really, well, doesn't they, make- they, they experimented court, on her. Yeah, I was going to say those exactly.
4: attributes to the Gallifreyans to make them Time Lords. Yeah, they. That, yeah, they yeah, the, that's the implication what they did is, the is
0: she's the proto Time Lord. Uh,
4: exactly. Basically, yeah, she
0: started it all. Basically, I
3: had I had blocked a lot of that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rightly so. I tried. I tried. Exactly. But I'm like, because it just it yeah, it's painful. Like, and then. And then, you know, look, I'm all for multiverses. I've been a, you know, I'm a DC guy, right? So I love multiverses. Um, the fact that multiverses are now the thing, thanks to Marvel, like is making the multiverses now the, like the thing to do. I see, I, I picked up on that as well, Mike, because they 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 mentioned multiverses here. And I don't know if that's where the future of this series is going, not only time and space, but actually, you know, different universes. Um, and they also open the possibility that she could literally have been thousands of people. And I'm like, this is getting too out of hand.
1: It is. It is. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, someone said, oh, multiverses, that means Rose can come back. So it's also- oh no.
3: <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've heard that twice from people already. So He
3: might be Rose and, uh, you know, the hand doctor's love child.
1: <laughs> wow! Talk about bringing the show.
3: <laughs>
1: Whoa! Okay. Wow. So I've
4: al- I- I've always been fairly critical of the people who've said Doctor Who lasted from 1963 to 2018, but um, or 2017, whenever the Capaldi final episode was. But if they do go down that path. I, I might be like, okay, I'm just gonna forget the Chibnall era happened, pretend <laughs> none of those revelations happened, and just carry on like you know, Da-da-da. Doctor Who is as it always was. Which, which is kind of <laughs>
1: sad because jody is acting the crap out of being the Doctor. She is amazing this season, and if I could say one shining light out of this season has been Jodie's finally being the Doctor, and it sucks that she is leaving. I think she finally hit her stride this season and she was given stuff to actually wrap herself around and mm-hmm. have her acting chops. And, you know, she proved it this episode as she has all season. This has been great stuff for her.
0: Yeah. She yeah, was I, compelling, I, even just standing around, listening to the telling, telling her what was going <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know? I, I would agree with that, and for the past two seasons, I've been of the belief that she was miscast in the role, and I think she's finally got to where she should be with it, and yeah. she's convinced me. There's a there's a confidence in her performance.
2: I have to wonder whether or not it would have been better off, at least for the first two seasons of Jody, is if they had done like they're doing with this season, just made it one over it, reaching arc rather than, you know, single episodes, because maybe that's more in Chibnall's wheelhouse. I mean, I, I get it that we've been really bashing this story somewhat, but in the end, I still think it's a lot better than what we've gotten the last couple of seasons. Oh, uh, yeah. I, mean,
1: I, fully, I fully agree
0: with you. Yeah, there, Mark. We have, I, fully I
1: agree,
3: agree with you. Yeah, and and I, I'm kind of surprised because I, at Dragon Con, I was sitting next to you on a panel where you were actually... You know, claim that you you actually stood up like a Chibnall defender, Mark.
2: It, I, I actually, actually, <laughs> I actually think Chibnall has tried, has, has been more experimental. I think the problem is, is especially with the long Moffat era, it kind of got into a what I want to call like a you know a routine, you know, a little bit and. Chibnose tried to do some things, even even the timeless child. I know a lot of I know pretty much everybody else on this. There's things you could explore with the timeless child. Like what? Okay, you know, you say, well, well, now we know everything about the doctor. Well, we really still don't, because what about this universe he came from? Where did he originally come from? We don't know any of that, and Chibnall hasn't told us anything about that. That's stuff that could be explored either by Chibnall in the final three episodes that he's got or something that RTD could explore. I mean, I don't necessarily think The Timeless Child is the death of Doctor Who, unlike a lot of people, which is the reason I've been kind of a Chibnall defender. You know, I think he's done a lot better. I think Chibnall's done a lot better with this season than he's done with his previous seasons. There were some real, there were some good episodes in those first two seasons, but there
3: was a couple of real dogs in there too. Well, to your point, Mark, I, I do see that if this were, um, you know, the premise and the idea behind it is the fact that you know is sort of like you think you know the Doctor, you think you know that the Doctor is Gallifrey, and you think you know the Doctor is a Time Lord, you think you know all about the you know whatever. But you don't. The doctor's now even more of a mystery than he she ever was, because we don't know where she came from. We don't know where like anything now, um, which makes her even a bigger question mark in a lot of ways. So but if it but the way it's been presented has not been that. um Competently,
2: <laughs> well, basically, basic, basically, she's being she's being told all this stuff either first by the master and now by Tectium rather right. than finding it out for herself. Sure. You know, yeah. which which is, I think, would have been a far more interesting way to do it. And I think that's where Chibnall falls down a little bit. Is he 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 likes to tell rather than show, yeah. and I think that's I think that's his biggest fault.
0: Yeah, because he could have spent this whole series with her. And this is what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be her trying to find out yeah. what, what her roots are and, you know, kind of trying to solve the mystery. And and that's not what's happened at all. It's, we sort of get like in most episodes, we get a few throwaway lines about it. And then now here at the end, they just tell her, <laughs> you know, which is too bad because I think that's a missed opportunity, though I will say I agree. Uh, that this has been the best series so far for mm-hmm. for Chibnall and and for Jody.
3: Yeah, and I think um, you know, despite the fact that you know, I, you know, I'm I've been picking this particular episode apart big time. Uh, like it is, you know, even though the characters could be better written, I, I've given a lot of credit to the actors involved because I do like you know, I I was engaged to see you know the Yaz yes gang. I was I am engaged still to see. Jericho uh I am uh engaged you know the you know as much as I was like what's this Grand Serpent doing back or whatever the actor that plays him is doing you know he's doing everything he, he should be I mean he's he's perfect in that role he's creepy he's like so yeah he's definitely you know doing that stuff even the guys who were playing like um Swarm and Azura like that couple I, I feel like are doing their job Bell and Vinder, I still love them. I, I like their story. I'm, I'm, like I said, I keep rooting for those kids. Um, I, I'm not sure about. Uh, is it Techturn? Is that how we're doing? Pronouncing this? Techturn. Techturn. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, Drink. You know. No. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, mm. I just didn't. I don't know. I I just found it difficult to take her seriously. She just looked like someone who should be tending a garden. Like I was. Well, just she like, seemed she? very
0: calm about getting dusted too. Like,
4: oh,
3: the doctor's going up against Miss Marple. Like I was like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she knows something that we don't about the dusting.
1: That's
4: <laughs> certainly pos- possible. That's
1: true, and you know she might. You know. All of a sudden, pop out from behind the Ood or something like that. That really wasn't me. It was a you know hologram or something. Because she didn't, she didn't fight it. She didn't anything like that. Yeah, she
0: just stood there.
1: Yeah, which was really, really weird.
4: But to, to your point about uh, Howdy Mike about the acting and just generally how it's still the best of Chitlal seasons, I agree. I, I stand by the points I made at the beginning of the episode where at least this is exciting yeah. and it's giving us a ton of things to debate mm-hmm. and speculate on. It's true. Which, again, I think back to Chibnall's first season and I was bored. So yeah. even, even if there are things that we don't like or things that we think are dumb, it's getting us talking.
0: Yeah, it's true.
3: It's guess we're trying I, to figure out what the heck is going on.
4: Yeah, but I, mean, <laughs> it is, I mean, I,
3: I
0: am not... I, I've talked more about, I think after the first episode, I felt like I had more to talk about than the whole last two seasons before it, <laughs> because it's just, it is, it's, it's compelling. It's engaging, engaging. Even this episode is frustrating as it is. And I think there were a lot of problems with it. There's still, there was good. There was a lot of good in it too. And I did, I watched it avidly. You know, I wasn't bored. I didn't want to walk away. I wasn't glancing down at my phone or whatever. Yeah
4: that said i i do have one other point of disdain that i would like to raise so <laughs> you have realized that someone in a position of power is a murderer he's an alien he's manipulated his way to the top and you are in a room with him do you a kill him b have him arrested by your peons who are all over the building that you're in or three Tell him to please stop what he's doing or you'll be very cross. I I'm going to call true. somebody who's going to stop you. You yeah.
0: better stop or I'll just call my mom.
3: I'm going to call the doctor.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, that part was ridiculous.
4: Yeah, that was um, some sloppy writing right there. That was
1: horrible yeah. writing. And it sucks because she is such a good actress.
0: Well, talk about taking yeah. away her agency. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she she's the head. And she's like, please stop or I'll call the doctor. I mean that's yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. And exactly. I and I will and I'll add to that too. I thought the delivery of all that was awful. I thought no. that the whole the whole scene was just like Like I said, it just felt like she was on a Zoom call. Um, and it uh, felt like it it, was shoved in. It would have
1: made more sense (laughs) if it was a Zoom call, the way she put it, (laughs) truthfully. (laughs) So, but
3: I'm glad she didn't die. I mean, I was thinking, oh, are they just going to like write her off? And, you know, uh, they didn't. So, um, you know, and, you know, we got an Osgood shout out. So that was nice, right?
1: Well, you might get to see her next week.
3: Maybe We got another reverse the polarity uh, of course. Uh, reference in this. So that was cool too.
1: Very much so. And I thought overall, I'm going to give it a thumbs up for this episode. We're not rating like we've been saying on all these flux episodes that we're not rating it right now. We're just giving it a thumbs up or mid thumb or thumbs down. We'll do full ratings at the end of the season to see how it ties up so we could rate it as a full. I think that's the best way. And we'll get in touch with everybody who's been on the show this season. So we'll get everybody's reaction to it. And so I think it would be kind of cool. So let's go around real quick. Anthony, thumbs up, thumbs down.
4: Thumbs up. There are frustrating things about it, but it was still very, very enjoyable. Excellent. Mark. I'm going to give it a thumbs up as well, uh,
2: despite my complaints. Uh, like I said, there was enough in this this episode that I enjoyed, especially Yaz's story. So I'm giving it a thumbs up, especially for Yaz's story.
1: Excellent. Mary?
3: Hashtag Yaz gang.
1: As gang. And you coined the yeah. phrase, Mike. That's what it is now.
0: I'm going to, Yaz yes, you do. Yaz you
1: do. I, I think I got to <laughs>
0: give it a thumb sideways because. I found a lot of it frustrating, but, um, but you know, it had, it was sort of like the episode before the angels. It was half good and half bad. So
1: Okay. Like I said, if they didn't have the unit storyline in this, I would have been happy. I would have, you know, it would have have helped it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mikey, what about you?
3: My thumb is in flux. (laughs) <laughs> um, it is uh, what's well, it that it's a, a, a very nervous thumb wavering that's just between like,
0: universes <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
3: it's just jumping <laughs> around not really sure which way it's going to go so we'll find out next week
1: aha uh-huh. so it's my fault alright that it's fluxed <laughs> it's fluxed so thank you guys for listening thank you everybody I we've we've had fun with this It's been great, you know, going the last five episodes weekly talking about new Doctor Who, and it's already coming to a close next week. So, of course, next week we are once again coming to you guys, and we are going to be, look at the Vanquishers. So, wonder what that means, wonder how it's going to tie in. A whole
3: new race that he's going to, (laughs) like,
1: introduce in the last... Five
3: new
0: (laughs) storylines... (laughs)
1: exactly who's going to walk out of the shower you know we'll find out then let's of course thank our guests for being here anthony thank you so much my friend
4: thank you for having me again it's always a pleasure to be here
1: and now you want to tell everyone all about your podcast
4: yes uh you can find me on the watchers in the fourth dimension podcast we are watching our way through all of doctor who from 1963 until now Wow, it's almost like I've said this a number of times. And right now we are deep within the unit era. We uh, have just released our episode on the demons and we'll shortly be releasing our season eight retrospective. Uh, We are next week recording our episode on the sea devils. We're a little further ahead of where we've released. So um, well within the Lethbridge Stewart era, which is partly why... It was so frustrating to see what happened to Unit in this particular episode that we've been discussing. But yes, you can find us on um Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, all of the usual places, uh watches4d.podbean.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at, at Watches4D. Perfect. And Mark, you made it through your first episode with us, my friend.
2: <laughs> yes, it was a lot of fun. Um like I said, I don't have a podcast or anything to promote, other than uh, the Brit Track at DragonCon, which I am—I've uh, been a volunteer for for the last four years, and hopefully, once again next year. So, fingers uh, crossed. Yep. So, um, but you can find me on Facebook if you if you want to, or you know, you can talk to me uh, on the Brit Track group. So, um, if, if if you want to get a hold of me
1: so awesome 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 and of course let's thank our regulars for being here tonight ms mary ogle thank you thank you
0: oh thank you it's always wonderful to be here
1: anything you want to promote
0: you can find me at uh in my artwork at maryogle.com or on etsy at e
3: arts
1: excellent and of course mr mike gordon
3: as always it's my pleasure
1: Hey, you coined the phrase tonight, so you get the final word tonight, my friend. So, final
3: word is yes,
1: gang. gang. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. As we like to say, feedback is always welcome at feedback at earthstationwho dot com. Who is a proud member of the ESO network, and you know, feel free to donate to our and join to our Patreon, or if you want to listen to older episodes of the show we are up on ourstationwho.com we could be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever fine podcasts are found. EarthStationWho is even there. So just look for us and thank you for everyone who's been listening our numbers have been going up because of new Doctor Who which is always great and we got a lot of great things coming your way including we're going in 2022 we're going to be creating an archive so you can go all the way back to episode 1 of Station who to listen to. So why, who would ever want to do that? You know, I don't know, (laughs) but it's, it was kind of fun. And so slowly, but surely we're putting that together for you guys. So definitely join in. Thank you very much for listening. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving here in the States until next week. We will see you on earth station who peace and we are done. Woo.
3: Woo. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
2: Hello there! I can see you have great taste in podcasts. Keep your discerning streak going with the SoulForge podcast. No topic is off-limits on the SoulForge. We talk about life, toys, dating, geekiness, love, nerdiness, sex and dating, TV, movies, and just about anything you can think of. Check out the SoulForge podcast. SoulForgePodcast.com and
3: wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere.